This is the Ingalls Information Aisle with Leah McGrath, helping you eat healthy, feel great, and understand your nutrition. Now, here's your host, Ingalls Dietitian, Leah McGrath. Good morning and welcome to the Ingalls Information Aisle. This is Leah McGrath, your Ingalls Dietitian. And today we're going to be talking about the Ingalls Pharmacy and about the flu and about um, how do you know if you have the flu, about maybe some uh, remedies, quote unquote, that you may have heard about um, from your friends on Facebook. And it's always a treat to have Ashley Garling here. And Ashley is a clinical pharmacist with Ingalls Markets. Hi, Ashley. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you. So let's kick it off. The flu. Okay. So I had a friend the other day, of course, on Facebook who wrote, what are the symptoms of the flu? How do I know? I feel terrible. How do I know if it's a flu or just a cold? What do you say to people? Well, the symptoms are very similar between both. It's really hard to distinguish. Uh, some of the key differences between cold and flu are the flu symptoms come on incredibly suddenly. So it's very sudden. Uh, the cold's a little bit more gradual. Okay. You just start kind of feeling bad. And then as the days progress, it gets worse. The flu just hits you like a ton of bricks. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really terrible. And it's much more severe. The symptoms of the flu, although it may be fever and body aches, and you are not going to want to get out of bed. Right. So that's a little bit of the difference. Sometimes you have more of a runny nose with the cold than you would with the flu. Okay. Although that can occur with flu occasionally. Uh, it's more severe in a cold. So, And at what point, um, now we were talking before we got on the air about Tamiflu. Can you explain what that is and, and um, you know, should you, tr- should you try and get the Tamiflu from your physician? How does that work? So Tamiflu is an antiviral. It's a prescription medication. It really only works if you take it within the first 48 hours of symptoms. Okay. So if you get symptoms, you go in immediately um, and you can use Tamiflu. It only reduces the duration of your oh, symptoms okay. by a few days. However, if you know, you're over 65, you have any sort of chronic diseases, uh, diabetes, uh, suppressed immune system, or children, they're all recommended to use Tamiflu just as an extra precaution because uh, the flu can lead to things like pneumonia, hospitalization, especially in children and the elderly. So, yeah, I, you know, um, I, I was, as I was saying to you also before we got on the air, a friend of mine is a dietitian with a long-term care facility, and she said it's, it's their practice if, if one of their residents gets the flu. And in that situation, it's probably somebody visiting who gave the elderly resident the flu. They give, uh, like, automatically give every resident there, all these seniors, Tamiflu, just to, to make sure that if they do get it, um, it, it's not, like you said, it's not going to last as long, maybe not quite as severe because it could be life-threatening for an elderly person, right? Yes, it can. It can be life-threatening. And actually this year in the 2017-2018 season, we've reached over the epidemic threshold really? for flu and pneumonia, especially in the elderly. What does so, that mean? Like, does that mean how many cases? Mm-hmm. So how many cases of coexisting flu and pneumonia? Pneumonia is typically the uh, complication that you get from oh. the flu okay that causes the biggest amount of problems it suppresses uh, your breathing and right and I know that we've had a lot of pediatric deaths uh, that have been associated with it too it's um, so unfortunate um, you know one of the things that you see a lot of times is people say well you know um, I don't get a flu shot because um, 
you know, it's not, you know, I'm not afraid of getting the flu. My immune system can handle it. Or um, I've never been sick with a flu. But one of the things that we've talked about on previous shows, it's not just about you. It's about the other people in your life and at your workplace and in your uh, your community that you, you come in contact with. Because what what is the um, uh, the amount of time like you can, uh, because it comes on so fast, but you can spread you can you can communicate that to others, right? Oh yes, uh, you can spread that. And they actually just released a study recently about um, flu virus counts in just normal air. So they did studies on patients that were positive for the flu, and it's no longer just spread through coughing and sneezing, but through just breathing. So forty-eight percent of air samples had positive flu viruses. Wow. So if you're just walking past someone and they're breathing, you have the potential to catch the flu from them. And so when you're not vaccinated, you're able to transfer that. And the flu virus lives on surfaces for about 24 hours. Wow. And so it really can be everywhere, which is why we're saying, I believe... Maybe Hawaii is hanging out, but all U.S. states, as of right now, have shown widespread flu breakouts. Is it too late right now to get a flu shot? Can people still come to Ingalls and get a flu shot? We still have flu shots in stock. It does take about 14 days for a flu shot to reach its full effectiveness. But honestly, we're not into February just yet, and that's the peak flu season. So better safe than sorry. I'd rather come in and get mine, even though I got mine in August. (laughs) I did, too. I think I got mine um, not too long after we recorded our last uh, show. So, And especially because I just got back from a trip, and I was so paranoid about um, um, plane travel and being in large group situations and not being vaccinated because I thought, oh, that's going to really increase my risk if I'm, you know, at a big conference or I'm on on a plane where you're in that confined space for several hours flying. I, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I'm you know covering all my bases to make sure I don't get sick. Um, let's talk next about okay. So let's assume we got sick with the flu. What can we do to feel better? Because you feel pretty miserable when you have the flu. What can you do? Yeah, you do. As an adult, uh, you can use things for the headache and the fever, like Tylenol and ibuprofen. You can use those in children pretty safely as well. As adults, you can use things like Nyquil uh, for sleeping because you will feel pretty pretty poorly at night. Um, Anahistamine means things to control the coughing and the runny nose and those sort of really I've I find personally I've gotten the flu once and it was because I didn't get my shot uh, early enough is um, the fever I find is really the worst part the body aches and the fever so I remember that feeling like because I had it as an adult and it was one time I think I had gotten a flu shot but I might not have gotten it in early enough time and I remember felt like the walls are closing in on me when you have that fever. It's a horrible feeling. And you're just, my eyes hurt. I just remember my eyes hurt. Um, we're going to be talking more with Ashley Garling. She's a clinical pharmacist with Ingalls Markets. We're going to be talking about some of the like herbal and home remedies that we hear about on our Facebook page or from our friends or neighbors and whether or not they actually work. Stay tuned to the Ingalls Information Aisle.
Welcome back to the Ingalls Information Aisle. This is Leah McGrath, your Ingalls dietitian today. Um, Ashley Garling of our pharmacy department and I are talking. And Ashley is a clinical pharmacist. And we've been talking about the flu. Hopefully you all got your flu shot. It's not too late to get a flu shot at Ingalls. It does take about 14 days to go and to get um, go into effect. Um, are we still offering the the point the points for that the flu shot? Yes, I believe they're still in effect. Oh, yes. yeah. So you so get you get two hundred fuel points. Two hundred fuel points if you get a flu shot at Ingalls. So, you know, um, get your flu shot if you're sick. Please stay home. Please um, uh, be considerate of other people in your family and your community. Um, if it's within that 48 hours, call your farm, your your doctor up and see about getting Tamiflu, which can reduce the length of time, Ashley's been telling us, of the flu. It doesn't eliminate the flu. That's correct. And we were talking about some over-the-counter remedies, or not remedies, but things that will help your symptoms once you have the flu. Um, things like you said, ibuprofen, um, and uh, maybe things like NyQuil, things like that to help with if you have a cough or you uh, feeling really congested or achy or you have the fever. And um, people can go to their Ingalls pharmacist for advice and help on that too, right? Oh, yes, definitely. And if you have uh, high blood pressure or diabetes, definitely stop by the pharmacist and ask, ask the pharmacist what's the best product for you. Yeah. Because there are a lot of products that have a lot of sugar or may increase your blood pressure. Yeah. So definitely stop in. Our pharmacists are there seven days a week. Yeah. So stop in and ask them for a recommendation. And that's really important, especially if you are on multiple medications, like Ashley said, if you have other if you have chronic diseases, you know, you don't, you don't want to take something that's going to shoot your blood pressure up or, and that you'll only feel worse if that happens. Yes. Um, you know, and I told, I was telling you, Ashley, that I've had friends who are, you know, pulling out all the stops with all kinds of like herbal remedies and things like that, that they're, you know, elderberry syrup and um, all kinds of other things, teas, what is, is there any truth to elderberry syrup as uh, to to treat the flu or symptoms of the flu? What do you think? Well, there's nothing herbal that's been proven to help with the flu. There are some things that are thought to reduce maybe the symptoms, but not actually prevent you from getting it or to. Uh, shorten that duration. Since the flu is a virus, uh, they're very aggressive. So elderberry, they're not even really sure how it works or how well it works. Mm -hmm. There's little to no studies done on elderberry. They think that it might be an antioxidant, so it might help with some inflammation. I know that um, they've used it in a variety of things, anything from arthritis to constipation. So whenever I see an herbal product that has a large variety (laughs) of uh, things that it's touted to treat that's typically shows me that it's not very effective. Yeah, it's a, that's a red flag. And then yeah. there's also all kinds of other things when you have some of these herbal um, herbal re- remedies, quote unquote, is you never know the the quality of what you're buying sometimes. Is it going to be, is it a quality that's, you know, how do these compare? It's very different than um, say a, a prescription medication, or even some of the over-the-counter over medications, because they don't have the same sort of standards, right? 
Yes, that's correct. Uh, the FDA only looks at if the manufacturing is clean. So if the equipment is clean that oh. makes those products, they do not look at um, what it states to help support or help to treat. The only thing that um, herbal products and dietary supplements cannot tout is that it cures or treats right. an illness or a disease. Um, so as long as they don't do that, nobody really checks. Some of the herbal companies do use the USP, which is the United States Pharmacopeia, mm -hmm. and that means that the uh, – quantity or amount of the active drug that they say is in there is actually in there. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see the stamp on the bottle for USP, then that means they really could have, you know, sometimes even none of the active ingredient yeah. in the capsule because nobody's regulating these companies. And we as Americans spend a lot of money on supplements. Yes. We spend a lot of money. And some, you know, some supplements uh you know, they might be very beneficial for us. We know that in certain situations, you know, women taking calcium and vitamin D may be advised or omega-3 fatty acids may be a good idea. But um, we take a lot of supplements sometimes that we probably we don't need. And as a dietitian, I'm always about let's try and get that those vitamins and minerals for your food first. Let's not try and take, you know, $20 worth of supplements a week to get that same benefit. That's not going to. Right. Well, and vitamins are actually regulated. Right. But anything that says dietary supplement or herbal supplement or homeopathic remedy yeah. have not been, not been proven or regulated by any any government-run facility. I think facility. they're trying to crack down on a lot of the homeo um, homeopathic things right now. I heard something about that. They are, just because there's a lot of other substances that can be in them mm -hmm. that we're unaware of. Um, you have to always think that most of the to toxic uh, poisons and things actually come from natural substances. Ah, yeah. So <laughs> if you always remind yourself of that. I typically tell my patients if they come in and, and they're really excited about an herbal product, I always say, you know, if it worked as well as it says it does, some pharmaceutical company would have bought it exactly. and been making millions and billions of dollars yeah. off of it. So. And, and in some cases, <laughs> some cases, some herbs uh, are the like ancestor of some of the medications mm -hmm. that we um, I think we talked about that in one of the previous shows, like that some of the, you know, aspirin is from willow bark and things right. like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, most of our big uh, pharmaceuticals originated with natural products. Mm -hmm. So natural products and the ones that are the most effective are typically now prescriptions. And yeah. we make them synthetically just so that we have more control over the dosing and the purity. Uh, but they actually originated from natural products. Well, so. a good example of that is um, insulin. So used to mm -hmm. be used to have to grind up the pancreas of pigs to get insulin, and now they can make it using um, genetic engineering to make insulin. So, right. And then They're, that controls the purity of it and consistency. Mm -hmm. And, and we had a, a lot of allergies oh, when yeah. it was a, a pork-derived. Yeah. Somebody so. told me one time that when – because they were diabetic years ago, they used to get um, like dents in their skin from that, from the – I don't know what, some sort of allerg allergic reaction or something yeah, that's interesting. And, yeah. and their formulations have gotten a lot better yeah. as well to not uh, cause any problems with the skin. Stay tuned to the Ingalls Information Aisle. I'm talking with Ashley Garling. She's a clinical pharmacist with Ingalls Markets. We're going to talk about some of the other uh, things that you can uh, talk to your Ingalls pharmacist about. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Ingles Information Isle. This is Leah McGrath, your Ingles dietitian. I'm talking with Ashley Garling. She's a, a clinical pharmacist with Ingles Markets, and we're kind of doing a little bit of myth busting here. Um, so we've been talking about um, maybe herbal supplements and herbal remedies. We kind of busted the myth that elderberry syrup doesn't really you know, it might make you feel good. It might be nice and sweet and tasty. It might be soothing in that respect. But in terms of evidence and science-based information, not a lot going on there. Well, nothing going on there, right, we said. Not that we've seen so far. Not that we've yeah. seen so far. So there's some other things on the market. We, I kind of mentioned this, um, some other supplements and vitamins and minerals that we wanted to touch on. And um, we were talking about uh, melatonin. So what do you think about melatonin? Uh, melatonin is a really great product. We actually produce it naturally. So that's the chemical in our brain that when the sun sets, we actually start producing more of it. It's the chemical that we naturally have that says, okay, it's time to you know, relax and get ready for sleep. Mm-hmm. And when the sun rises in the morning, the production goes down. So a lot of times in modern society, televisions, mm. your tablets, your phone, and all the exposure to really bright lights right. uh, can have affect how much melatonin you produce. So, you know, supplementing melatonin, at least for a short time, is seemed to be very safe. Um, high, high doses can interact with a lot of prescription medicines. Oh, okay. So we want to avoid really high doses. But, you know, you said that you use it in travel. Mm-hmm. That's a great time. Uh, also, if you just have, you know that you're going to have some trouble sleeping, mm-hmm. you get a new mattress, you're going to have some family <laughs> over, or, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, just be very careful with any sort of prescription medicines that can cause drowsiness, anxiety medicines, pain medicines, uh, muscle relaxers, things like that. You know, you brought up a really good point. Whenever you take a lot of times, so many people, when they're browsing through uh, the supplement aisle, think, oh, this is all natural. You know, so I can take this or maybe I can even take more of it than it says on the bottle because it's a, it's a natural substance. It's an herb. But you had mentioned earlier is that you know, these can interact with our prescription medications. So if people see something on Facebook or on Dr. Oz and they know that they're taking prescription medications, what are some things that they can do to make sure there's not going to be an interaction? Well, there's uh, some really good websites out there. There is um, uh, NCAM, which is the National Complementary Medication website that the National Institute of Health has up, and they've actually got an A through Z you know, guide of all herbal and dietary products. Uh, that's what we as healthcare providers use a lot. Um, always ask your pharmacist. You know, we have one in the store in our pharmacy seven days a week. They can help you as well. Some other general rules of thumb with herbals. Um, if you're on a lot of prescription medicines, anything for seizures, diabetes, uh, blood thinners like warfarin, Xeralto, Plavix, things like that, they will more often than not, interact with an herbal product. Mm. So I know any herbal product that starts with a G, so green tea, ginseng, ginkgo, that sort of thing, can actually thin the blood. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an easy way to remember that. Uh, if you're, we never recommend using herbal products in children and then um, anyone that's pregnant or breastfeeding. Yeah. 
Yeah, folks, remember that even though it's natural, there's a lot of things nature, nature likes to kill us, right? So, you know, you know, so nature, uh, natural isn't always a safe that it's really important to know that and to check with your Ingalls pharmacist if you have questions about interactions. Another one I've really been um, curious about these days, Ashley, is omega-3 fatty acids. Um, You know, you've heard about that they may help um, with heart health. And now there seem to be more and more studies about maybe help prevent cognitive decline and um, reduce risk of Alzheimer's. What are you finding out about the uh, omega-3s? Yeah, omega-3s are actually wonderful. We actually have a prescription strength available. Um, so they've been proven to reduce things like triglycerides and help with your heart health. Uh, that is all proven. The DHA component, it works in your brain. It's very important for any sort of mental health. As far as reducing um, cognitive and Alzheimer's sort of things, uh, the studies are still out, mm-hmm. but it can't hurt because we know that it's a big contribution contributor to brain health. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, supplementing it is not going to hurt you at all. Mm -hmm. And I know that, I mean, seafood is, seafood and fish are an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids. And they have, there's three different kinds of fatty acids. There's um, DHA, ALA, and EPA. EPA. And so the fish and seafood have the three good kinds, Mm -hmm. um, which are are the DHA and the EPA. And then if you – and the ALA, which can, I think, convert. It can. It's a small amount in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get that one through more vegetarian sources like like algae and things like that. So, But but taking a supplement is a really good way, especially if you're vegan or vegetarian – or if you don't have access to seafood on a regular basis, that's a good way of getting that in there. It is. Um, um, any other supplements that are really interesting to you that you've been hearing about? Ah, yes. There's one that I found incredibly interesting, and I'm going to try to pronounce it, the oscilliococcinum. Okay. That one, I will only say it once. <laughs> uh, that one is a really interesting product. I've wondered about it for a long time, so I put in quite a bit of research into the product, and it's um, very popular this time of year and with travelers. It actually is prepared from the liver of duck, the liver and heart what? of ducks. So if you're allergic to duck, avoid oh, yeah. that product. Or if you're, you're vegan or veggie. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so it was originated from the Spanish flu epidemic. There oh, was yeah. a French doctor that actually misidentified a bacteria, thinking that that bacteria caused the flu, uh-huh. which, of course, we know the flu is a virus, virus. and the inf- influenza virus. And so he had made a preparation of diluted bacteria, okay. essentially, uh, to treat the flu. Okay. And so this actually, there's no data whatsoever that it works. It oh. actually contains um, some other items that can be uh, harmful in high oh. doses like vitamin A. Oh, if you get yeah. too much vitamin A, the body can't release that. Um, so that's one that I would probably save your money on. Okay. You know, because there, there's really, uh, if you wanted to take something, especially for travel or if you know you're going to be in a large group to prevent cold and flu uh, or at least help with the duration, you know, echinacea uh, zinc and vitamin C combinations are really great. I actually take those when I travel. I think you said that you'd mm-hmm. taken them too. Um, you know, zinc and vitamin C are you know natural. That's something that our body needs. Yep. We just can't take them in excessive doses. And really keeping it just to a short amount of time 
taking the zinc echinacea and vitamin C uh, or either component separately, uh, the zinc is more beneficial than the vitamin C mm. and probably more beneficial than the echinacea. But I, I, I prefer the combination. So. Well, I know when I used to work in clinical that uh, wound healing with zinc mm-hmm. and vitamin C. We've run out of time. This is always oh, great no. to have Ashley Garling here from the Ingalls Pharmacy. So if you have questions about supplements, please make sure you stop by and speak to your Ingalls pharmacist. You can find more information on our website, ingles-markets.com. Thanks so much, Ashley. Thank you.